New England at Arizona wasn't a primetime matchup. Anyone asked for a win for the Patriots would throw them into the seven seed in a wide open AFC, while a result for the Cardinals would only enrage a fan base demanding change. Welcome back to another Monday Football Recap, everyone. Mark Hogan joined by Michaela Fagan and Michael McQuaid here. The visitors won convincingly, but a slew of injuries is the real storyline coming out of this one, Michaela, most notably to Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Yeah, it looks like another quarterback, another injury. We had Jimmy G and Lamar last week, and now it's Kyler Murray this week. Um, looks like it could be another eating knee injury. Uh, hopefully it's not an ACL, but I don't know. I, I think it, it looks like it's going to be, so he's going to be out probably the rest of the season for the Cardinals. Yeah, and it's kind of what goes beyond this season, because he's certainly out. There's no point with the team the way that they're set up. They're not winning. They're not getting into the playoffs. There's no point risking them. So they're definitely not going to rush him back, even if it's a possibility. But Michael, my first worry as a Cardinals fan, and you know, <laughs> even as a someone that has him in the fantasy football team, well, we'll get to that in a bit. I suppose it's his power is in his running ability, whether he likes to do it or even admit to it or not. He likes to see himself as a passer. But if he loses twitchiness, if he like, like, I know people come back from an ACL injury, but like, could he be a changed quarterback when he comes back? That's a very good question, and uh, thank you very much again, Mark, for having me on this podcast. Welcome to everybody. Um, the Cardinals offense last night was as cold as it is right now, and I'm sure we can all agree it's bloody freezing. Like, I'm actually shaking while recording this right now, and I fully agree. You know, once. Once he does come back, obviously at the time of recording, he's going for like what an MRI or something, sounding like Doctor House here. But um, you just don't you, you don't know what you're going to get, and that that's the issue when, frankly, Kyler Murray does rely on his speed, his athleticism, and his quickness out, out, out of the pocket. And um, I'm going to get done by Cardinals fans for saying this. Colt McCoy made some mistakes last night, and he wasn't that efficient in certain certain situations. I enjoyed watching him more. Because at least I knew you would get the ball down the field in shorter long passes. Kyler Murray, sometimes you're watching him going, What's about to happen here? And then he just runs and it's like, Oh, yeah, it's great. And I, I, look, you feel sorry for him that it happened at the start of the game and it was a non contact injury and the season's over, but the season wasn't going anywhere. Um, he's got his contract. So, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I've seen outside of the NFL that. Uh, Manuel Neuer for Bayern Munich was skiing at the weekend and apparently his contract is going to be voided for the season in terms of getting paid so it happened on the field for Kyler he can take it and run on but by god he missed nothing last night for that Cardinals team if anything and we will talk about this Cardinals threw that game last, Cardinals should have won that game last night at one point so my rant is already over about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals uh, I think you're off the hook about what you say about Colt McCoy because as a Cardinals fan we know as fans, when he goes in, it got, dating back to last season, even when he came in this season, he is the absolute epitome of the perfect backup quarterback. He doesn't cause any controversy. If anything, he helps Kyler behind the scenes. They brought him in because Kyler knew him from growing up in Texas and the Texas legend that Colt McCoy was. That, I mean, yeah, coming in, I had no worries whether, like, that wasn't the game over for me. Now, I kind of teed this up the top. Cardinals fans didn't want to see a win last night because it would only help Cliff Kingsbury's case and Steve Kimes case for staying on. And I know that's a brutal thing to say, but I know we were talking before this off air, Michael, about the Denver Broncos. It's such a comparison there between how fans feel so passionately about this. I asked you a question a few weeks back about who, out of the last few head coaches there, there's been a lot of turnover in Denver. Who was the one that you wanted out most? Now, I 
really did not enjoy that Steve Wilkes season. But when it comes to Cliff Kingsbury at the moment, the game was there to be had. His aggression, aggression you kind of like to see out of a team that has nothing to play for, Michaela. But Cliff Kingsbury cost that team last night, whether it was aggression or play calling or just not being able to close out a game. I mean, they were leading. And then what was it, 17 points unanswered to lose the game? Yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury and the general manager are the reasons behind the Cardinals being so bad this season. I'm not a major fan of Kyler Murray, but I don't think all the blame is to go on him. On him, like when he went out of the game, like when he's probably going to be injured for the rest of the season, it's it's not going to affect the Cardinals. Um, rest of the season because they're not going anywhere. They're not doing that, and they've just started off so poorly. And I think it's it's Cliff's um, and Steve's fault. Like I think they just they have to go because for me, you can't give a quarterback what like a two hundred and thirty million contract in the off season. You can't have wide receivers like DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best in the whole league, uh, Robbie Anderson, and you can't bring in Hollywood Brown to kind of help Murray because they're best friends or whatever. And for them to just be so poor, like even if they have gaps and voids to fill in the rest of the team you look at a team like the Bengals last year and they had so many issues on the O-line but they still managed to get to a Super Bowl probably solely on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase so for Murray to have all these weapons around them and for them to be four and nine is just unbelievable and like I said I don't think it's Murray's fault I think he can be a very good quarterback probably in the top 10 if he if he had adequate coaching so for me it's it's no question Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime have to go yeah he's showing yeah he should like Kyler Murray is showing signs of brilliance don't get me wrong I was slating him in the, in the opening segment there but he has showing signs of clear progression in the last especially last season as well I mean, people seem to forget the Cardinals went on a serious run at the start of last season as well. So I, I can I can understand how you have that off-season mindset when you give Cliff Kingsbury an extension, you give Steve Kime an extension. But again, Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that couldn't win in the college, college game of Patrick Mahomes. It stems back to me last night when there was like 30-odd seconds left in the, in the half and the Cardinals went for it on fourth and one and they didn't get it. And for me, there was that and then there was another play. It was just... Was just changed the game. You know, Cardinals fans, and I'm sure Mark, you'd say the same. Like, um, as a Cardinals fan, when Murray went down in the first first series or first plays of the game, if somebody said to you that you'd be up by whatever three or four points or whatever at the half, you'd take it and run for the hills. Um, they were in that game at the half at, at the half. They were in that game at the point before that fourth and one play as well, heavily. So it makes you think, like, one, what the hell was going on there? Two, who whose decision was that? I I mean I know I know we all know whose decision it was. I just don't want to blame the lad. Uh, and three, serious. I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at halftime in the Patriots locker room because whatever Bill Belichick and the coaching staff said to the team, it worked. And uh, just that just the dynamic way of uh, getting the most out of different running backs and different players in that Patriots team that puts into. And, and I, I, I know we'll talk about it more in detail, but it now puts into seven and six. And for the Cardinals, they're what like what four and. Four and nine now, is it? Have I got that wrong? But three and four, four and eight, four and nine, four and nine. It's four, four and nine. nine. So it, it's mad how one game can just change because the Cardinals had a one that game. You got the Niners going up against the Seahawks on Thursday night. You never know in this league, especially when Brock Purdy has not played outside of Levi's yet. I love Brock Purdy, but you never know. <laughs> 
Now, I think uh, almost jumping back to what Michaela was saying there a second ago, I think you're dead right. There, there was kind of there was talent on this team, and if anything, where they were talent poor coming into the season was on defense, and the defense has been no issue there. The offensive line, I'm not making excuses for it being injured. We're going to talk about the sacks that the Patriots were able to get, but when they had their starting caliber players out there, it was the scheme that was letting them down the entire time. It dates back to last season. They were such um, a vertical offense and now they turned so horizontal that there's no attractive play. There's no expectation for big plays. But the point is, or my point is, last night when... Kyler Murray goes out, you should still have enough on offense if you have a competent head coach because that offense from New England is so poor. And if we want to direct our attention now at this point, what, 10 minutes in and finally talk about the victors, the last time we saw uh, Mac Jones on Monday Night Football was only for a half because he was benched for uh, Zappi. And I suppose I was looking forward to seeing how he was going to I suppose show up in this game and I don't know I, I would have said it was a pretty poor showing Michaela I mean they got over the line but his comments after the game were hey the defense did its job so let's not focus too much on what the offense did or didn't do yeah I think as a quarterback if you he didn't even get a touchdown last night it was his running backs who got on the touchdowns and the defense who got the pick six uh, or the fumble or whatever it was from DeAndre Hopkins but you I don't like a quarterback saying that you have to take responsibility for your own your own play as well you can't just rely on the defense and I I when I saw Mac Jones play I did like the kind of confidence in his throws and he, he kind of I did like that element of watching him play you know he seemed to he seemed to be confident kind of in everything he was doing but again I think you look at his stats this season what does he have like seven touchdowns and eight interceptions that's really really per um at this at this part of the season but I think for him it's just um solely kind of like growing pains he's only in his second season you know he did really well last season and you know I think he will be a good starting quarterback for New England but I think, yeah, there's there's not enough talent for me on the the New England team, and you know, I think his growing pains isn't really helping either. And I think, I think Mac is actually such a polarizing character. I think he kind of irritates people a little bit with his comments, and kind of didn't he get fined? And he always seems to be a little bit dirty kicking players when he's on the ground or whatever. But um. Yeah, no, he has to take responsibility kind of for his play and be a leader and not rely just solely on his defense. He needs to step his game up. I've been called out on different podcasts for saying that I don't rate Mac Jones and that if Mac Jones was playing with any other team in the league outside of the New England Patriots, there would be a whole different perception on him only because of who he followed from and who he replaced in the team that he has. And don't get me wrong, he had a pretty solid rookie season for what he did, but the Patriots team that went into... Buffalo in January and got not just washed out but completely thrown out of Buffalo was atrocious. They've done nothing in the draft and um, and yet Belichick, to be fair to him, is still finding ways to win and I was heavily abused online at the start of the season by Patriots fans for, for not believing in him. So look, I mean, there are seven, what, seven and six football teams through 14 weeks. That's a hell of an achievement with Mac Jones, a quarterback and with, you know, as I said previously, guys last night, like you've seen... Um, Pierre Strong, Harris on the run game where, yes, as Michaela said there, you know, a, 
a good Patriots team when you go into a game like that there in Arizona or a different away game when you go west of it you have to rely on the run sometimes and you have to rely maybe not throwing the odd touchdown pass but actually getting the ball down the field running and the energy that Pierre Strong had I think it was in the third quarter early fourth quarter he just changed the game he changed the run game for that team and it, it just allowed the Patriots to, to find another level and that for me is how they won the game clearly there were mistakes DeAndre Hopkins certain situations with the Cardinals, but Mac Jones getting the best out of his run game and getting the best as well out of Hunter Henry. I think it was that big catch towards the end of the game was, for me, it was the reason why they won the game. Um, but for me, it's like, where where do the Patriots go after this season? I think they have a massive, massive question to answer. Uh, the question is, is Mac Jones a guy quarterback? I don't personally think he is long-term. I think the Patriots need to find somebody, um, whether that's in the draft, which is a quarterback-heavy draft this year, whether that's going for Tom Brady and free agency for another solo couple of years for the crack. I don't think that Mac Jones has the quality or the caliber needed, or more importantly, the ceiling needed to take New England into the next five to 10 years post Bill Belichick. And I think Bill Belichick deserves a high-end quarterback going into his last tenure in New England. People will argue with me saying I'm not correct there. That's fair enough. I'm entitled to my opinion. But when, the, you know, if, if you say that Mac Jones, like, you look at that game last night and you ask yourself, well, if they can push into a wild card spot, will that team get it done in January? No, they won't. And you can screenshot that or screen record that. They will not get the job done. They got over the line against a Cardinals team. I had a starting quarterback at a Cardinals team that should have had the ball down the field on numerous occasions to Hollywood Brown. Um, and even Trent McBride should have made more plays in the game last night. So, no, I'm, 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 not, I'm not sold on them. And this is turning into a run, so I'm going to shut up. See, <laughs> see, there's two ways you can almost approach that rant, and you touched on both sides of it. It's Michaela was talking about who on offense do they have, and look, we know that's set up as a run first offense. Look, Ramon J. Stevenson went out early enough in this game, as did a ton of other players. Devontae Parker being another one in the receiving game. But when Stevenson went out, it was good to see Strong step up, and Harris was in before that. Um, kind of we we know that running the running game is where their strength lies but we're going to talk on Thursday show about the Carolina Panthers who I think there you can lean on a running game I don't think that New England is able to do that just because it's so obvious and it has been that way all year even since before the season began people in their fantasy football was like who is the New England running back to go for because we know they're going to be relied on but how does it you know we didn't know who who was going to shake out for but I do want to touch on uh, the offense because Mac Jones, I suppose the caliber of guys that he's thrown to, I've no problem with it. Look, they did try and invest in that team when they got Aguilar from the Eagles last year when they signed them and everyone was a bit surprised. And they went heavy as well, didn't they? They really, like for the first time in a long time, they went very heavy in some investments. And, and they got guys, even when they got, the, I know the tight ends didn't work out for them, but in Yes's game, when we already knew Jacoby Myers was out, Devontae Parker went out with a concussion early enough on that game. I think it was the 20th play. So it was early on. Um, they have to go to Aglor, and I was surprised that they targeted him 10 times. Like That's the kind of, that was double anyone that was, or the, the next player in targets. So I suppose they just they don't have that star power on offense to kind of get by. So look, then to put it to the other side of the rant is Mac Jones obviously isn't even the quarterback that he was last year. Surprising all that it was. I know we went to the pro ball, whether it was um, <laughs> on purpose or was it was because guys didn't show up is another thing. But Mac Jones, like his anticipation yesterday or last night was just like, it's not there. I don't know how 
your anticipation can be better in your first year. Maybe it's because of pure nerves you're getting the ball out sooner. And another thing I noticed, at the end of the first half, there was a fumble recovery by New England. And they showed a replay. It was almost on the eyes of Harris, the running back. And he didn't expect to be handed the ball off at all. It looked like it was um, a play action. And I was like, wait, did did um, Mac Jones call the right play there? It's like, because I, I, then it goes to him on the sideline and he seems to be apologizing. It's like, well, that's purely on him. You can't excuse the quarterback calling the wrong play and then getting it wrong himself. And it almost leads to a fumble that was barely recovered. But talking about turnovers and the likes and players getting to the quarterback, we should turn our attention to the New England Patriots who at uh, the defense. Because look, for the last few weeks, I was well aware that they were up there in DVOA. They have been number one in defensive DVOA. They've dropped down to number three now. But watching them last night, they were on fire. Again, I mentioned the offensive line for the Cardinals isn't quite there. So it was there to be had. But Michaela, they got six sacks against this Cardinals team. And Matthew Judon, who has 14 and a half sacks, leads the team, comes out and says, our best pass rusher rusher is not me. It's just Uche, the second round pick from last year, who is playing in a backup role. I don't think that's going to continue because he himself has nine, nine and a half sacks. Three of them came last night. Or sorry, nine sacks in the last five games of what the stat was. Three of them came last night. They now have this two-pronged attack and it's like, okay, go defend Josh Uche. And then you have Matthew Judon, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, left open. It's kind of, yeah, this is why they're succeeding at anything. It's because their defense is so good. Yeah, I think the defense is definitely keeping the Patriots in that kind of playoff hunt. Um, it's not because of Mac and the offense. Like you were saying, the, the offense doesn't have enough weapons. Um, so for Judon to have, what, like 14 and a half sacks and the... Um, and then on the other side to have nine sacks what you say nine sacks in the last five games yeah 10 overall and that's in a backup role like he's played half the josh uche's played like half the snaps at yeah like so that that was a great find in uche like probably like a diamond in the rough taking him in the second round but like that's that's great now the the patriots have like a two good defensive ends that they could probably get another few years out of now if they just kind of settle Mac down and kind of get him a few more weapons I think they they could be a, I don't think they're gonna be ever elevated to the to the point of Tom Brady was in, in those dynasty years but you know they could be they could be a dangerous team now in the next couple of years but it, it it's definitely their their defense that's kind of keeping them in it this year but isn't that it Michael I suppose we talk about the Jets have a defense that is good enough that it can survive or it can you know make up for the offense is the pay or is the Patriots are the Patriots there because now when we turn our attention to the AFC and particularly the race that's on between the Jets and the Patriots who's the more competent team that can come out of that one <laughs> if I need the answer to that I'd be getting it from one of your minutes here tonight um it, it, it's, that's that's the question of the week for me I mean I'm focusing this week on Brady against Burrow and and Tua against Allen but like yeah like we're sitting what four games out from the end of the regular season and it's hard to call, isn't it? Who's gonna, who is gonna make a push? I guess if you look at a team like last night with the Patriots done on defense with Matthew Judon and just that superb effort to limit the Cardinals, albeit with a backup quarterback, to what thirteen points is is superb. More so to limit them to what thirteen points where they don't, um, they don't have like multiple occasions they should have scored a touchdown last night and the Patriots defense kept them up. So it's it's that there as well for me. Um, I, I would probably give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt to go to try and get to the wild card instead of the Jets because I don't feel that 
Mike White, Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, whoever's could play in a quarterback each week. I mean, you, you felt bad for Mike White on Sunday. He got an absolute baiting, like baiting high, as I would say. Uh, and fair, <laughs> fair play to him. He kept, he kept coming up and he kept going for it. There is no doubt that the players with the Jets are playing. And we talked about this on Sunday night. Like the Jets team are playing for Robert Sala. He has installed a confidence and a belief in that Jets team that has not been seen for 10 to 12 years since he last made a playoff run, you know, and a deep playoff run at that. And I just, I find it difficult to see the Jets go over the line. I, I don't know about the Patriots. If I had to choose between either of them, I would pick the Patriots at the moment, at the time of recording. But I think regardless who goes, it's one and done for me. Yeah, like, look, it was six sacks, an interception, a forced fumble, four fourth down stops, and a touchdown on or for that defense yesterday against the Cardinals, which shows the level that they're playing at. It is an, a complete dominance. It brings me back to a few weeks ago talking about how the Jets had to get over the hump of beating the Patriots. They didn't take their chance. They went and beat the Bills instead. But it does come down to a tiebreaker now that that's why the Patriots are sitting in that number seven spot, number seven seed. Look, we're ruling out the LA Chargers who are also in that mix. So that's a whole other podcast and maybe we will talk about it one of these weeks. Chargers get there. But I think it's... 100%. Yeah, I think so so too. So maybe this would be all in vain. I said in my power rankings this week that I certainly wanted it to be the Chargers because I don't want to see this New England. They uh, Troy Aikman made a comment on the broadcast last night saying that there was a lot of bad football played this year and I think we can all agree to that. And he said that there is teams lurching, loitering. They had this whole segment loitering around the playoff spots and they said the Patriots are a team that is exactly that, that they're not playing good enough. They don't look like a playoff team but because this thing is so wide open that they could get there, I suppose. What a, what a positive note to leave this on this one on. But uh, we'll still be talking about the Patriots. I think, guys, that might be the last time we talk about the Cardinals this season. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any point unless Cliff Kingsbury is um, is gone by the end of the day. We might be talking about it on the on the Thursday podcast. But Michael, thanks for joining me, and the same for Michaela.